Welcome to Moments with Marilyn. I'm your host, Marilyn Boyer, mom of 14 homeschooled kids. It's my passion to share with young moms tips and tools to make your journey easier. I understand some of the hassles that you have and some of the overwhelming responsibilities that you have as a young mom. So I love sharing with you things that might make your life easier. Last week we were talking about laziness and how to catch it early on so that it, you don't develop a pattern of slothfulness in your life. And this week we're going to put shoe leather on that. We're going to talk about some real practical ways to make that happen, whether it's in your life or one of your kids' lives. So first of all, um, learn to cultivate a servant's heart. Be intentional and look for needs to meet in others. And we, I've done podcasts on just this, so if you need more help with that, look for some of my previous podcasts that can help you learn how to develop a servant's heart. But evaluate how much time you spend in serving others as opposed to serving yourself. There's something about extending yourself to meet the needs of others that sharpens the focus of what's really important. It broadens your horizons or your kids' horizons beyond their own needs. And it stimulates you to try new things or different ways of doing old things. It blesses others, but it blesses you also in unexpected ways. We do it. We lead our kids to serve others, to be a blessing to others. But we find that God returns blessings to us in so many unexpected ways. And it's so easy to think we don't have time. But God always seems to make time stretch when we invest in the lives of others. You know, you can even spend special time with one of your kids by ministering to elderly and then take them out for ice cream on the way home or bring a special treat along to share with that elderly person. So you can kind of make great use of your time by spending time with one of your kids specially while you're ministering to somebody else. We did that a lot. Memorize passages or scriptures specific to laziness. We talked about this at the end. I gave you some scriptures, and I, I might try to make a list to put in the show notes to give you of some scriptures on laziness versus diligence. But we need to memorize them if this is a problem. The correction for laziness is diligence. Instead of just putting off laziness, we need to put on diligence. So as I said in the last podcast, consider making a, an audio that you can listen to while you're doing your chores or in your free thought time so that you can focus on the scriptures that deal with laziness versus diligence. We all have tons of errands to run, and it's a great a way to use that time wisely. Teach us to number our days that we may present to thee a heart of wisdom. That's Psalm 90:12. I love that verse. You know, our time is short. And we need to live with eternity in view. But you have to force yourself to think that way. You know, heaven is a reality, but we need to be making eternal deposits now. Um, time is not promised to us. I've told you in previous podcasts about our son, Josh, who went home to be with the Lord when he was 17. Um, he contracted leukemia and... Five, almost five years ago, I got a cancer diagnosis. I'm now cancer-free, but at first it didn't look really good. So time is not promised to us. 
We need to be found a faithful servant. It's our mission. Another thing we need to do is to give thanks always in all things. God's word says, in everything, give thanks. Uh, a few months ago, God impressed on me, you know, we've, I've, for years I had a lot of girls in my home and they would cook the meals and we all divided up the chores and we don't have any kids at home anymore. And all the chores fall on me now and all the cooking and all the cleaning. But the Lord just really impressed on my mind, be thankful that you are able to do the things that you don't really want to do, cleaning all three bathrooms or fixing all the meals. Be thankful that you can, that you are able to do it. When you visit nursing homes or shut-ins, these people would give anything to be able to do those things that you are dreading to do. Scriptures tell us in everything give thanks. We used to tell our kids, you don't have to want to do it. You just have to do it. And we could maybe tell ourselves, you don't have to like it. You just have to give thanks for it. It's hard to remember that. Ephesians 5.20, always giving thanks in all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, even the Father. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. God says be thankful for it, whether it's cancer, whether it's surgery. Shortly after I had surgery, there were many things I couldn't do that I would have been grateful to be able to get up and do. So sometimes it's just an adjustment in our attitude to give thanks for the things that we would prefer not to have to do. Are we learning to give thanks in all things, including those little irritations of life as well as the speed bumps? The car breaks down. It's never a convenient time. Plans being changed at the last minute. I love advanced planning. I hate it when unexpected things come up, but I need to learn to give thanks for those things. A financial loss is so hard to accept, but we need to learn to be thankful for it. Or leaving home, something little. You leave home, you get to the store and find out you left your list at home. So it's going to mess up your schedule, it's gonna take more time, you're gonna to have to go home and get your list, it's gonna add time to your trip, but you need to learn to give thanks for that. You don't have to like it, but you need to learn to give thanks. Or a person accusing you or falsely or misunderstanding you, it's so hard to see the good in that, but we need to learn to give thanks in that. You know, God in his time shows us why he brought situations into our life. At the time, it's hard to see. We're kind of muddled. We only see straight ahead of us. But in time, God will show us why he allowed those things to come into our lives. Part of it's to mold us and make us more like him. But often there are reasons that God knows that we don't, in our finite mind, don't have any um, access to know those things. But God does what is always good for us. It can be overwhelming, but I would like to challenge you to think of one change you can make this week. Get it down pat, and then maybe think of one more change to make next week, one step at a time, so you can measure your progress. Don't look at how far along the road you may be, but look at your progress that you've made. We need to learn to be diligent in speaking truth to ourselves. 
you know, we're not going to get it in the world, so we have to pursue it diligently. Philippians 4.8 says, dwell on these things. Whatsoever things are true, honest, right, pure, lovely, things of good report. And we can't dwell on those things when we're thinking discouraging, impure, or retaliating thoughts. We need to intentionally force our minds to dwell on those things that are true, right, honest, pure, lovely, and things of good report. So how do we put this into practice? First of all, list your distractions. Make a list of your distractions. Make a column and list them. Then record the laziness or diligent verse to work on the truth of God's word that you need to meditate on when you are tempted to be lazy. Decide on one thing you can change this week and about how you function one thing about how you function that would make you more productive if you changed that one thing. And then another thing next week. We can all benefit by purposing to be more diligent. Then write your plans down on paper for accomplishing the things you're not getting done right now. Give examples. So I'm going to give you just a real simple example that we maybe all face. How am I lazy? Dishes are done after supper, but somehow, they would seem to accumulate in the evening as the kids would bring home their lunch containers or snack plates or cups or maybe the kids were working late and got home and had supper late. So I am tempted to go to bed without doing those dishes. So my goal is not to go to bed before making sure the dishes have been washed, the, the counters washed, my reproof for not getting that done is getting ants. It's springtime right now, and if I don't go to bed with my counters clean, I'll wake up to ants. When am I tempted to be lazy? When I'm so tired that I just don't care. I just want to flop down in bed and go to sleep. But something I need to learn, Proverbs 27, 23, know well the condition of your flocks and give attention to your herds. So my practical action plan is to personalize this. If bedtime's around 10 o'clock, then every night around 8.30, I am going to purpose to get up and wash what dishes are on the counter or put in the dishwasher, wipe the counters before I get so tired that it's no longer important to me. Then I'm going to personalize Proverbs 27:23. I need to know what the condition of my kitchen is. I need to make sure it's clean before I get sleepy and give careful instructions to my family that if they make dishes dirty after 8.30 p.m., they must also clean them up before they go to bed. This is managing what I'm responsible for. It's easier just to let life happen, but we need to manage what we're responsible for. Choose one scripture this week that addresses laziness or diligence. Write it down, hang it on the fridge or the bathroom mirror, and learn it. Begin to meditate on it, personalize it, digest it, ponder it, think on it, and then put it into practice. Write down specific changes you need to make. And it can be something simple like that, like getting the dishes done before you go to bed. Remember, God sees our heart. Just get moving in the right direction and see how encouraged you begin to feel. I'm going to write down a list of verses that will maybe help you on laziness and diligence. It might be one that really strikes you that you want to pick out and memorize or that use it for one of your kids. 
this week. So I'm also going to explain to you, if it were one of my children, we would work through Proverbs people. There's a section on slothful and diligent, and I want to show you how I would use this with my kids. This is for kids about ages 7 through 13, although it could be used for a whole family because the, it's just looking up scriptures and getting answers. You could do it together as a family. So if you feel like somebody's struggling with slothfulness, there's verses about slothfulness and diligent and short answer questions. For example, from Proverbs 6, 6 through 11, what animal can teach a sluggard about diligence? Question two, does an ant have to be forced to work or does he do it by his own choice? Three, do ants look ahead and prepare for future needs? Four, do you think a sluggard would look ahead and prepare for future needs? What does a sluggard like to do? What happens to a sluggard in the end? Another verse, Proverbs 10:26. If a lazy person sent, if you sent a lazy person to do something for you, would he make you glad you had sent him? Proverbs 12:24. If a lazy man and a diligent man work in the same place, which one is more likely to become a leader? See how this makes you gives you some food for thought. It's what Scripture's telling us. So it gives your kids wisdom. If I cultivate laziness in my life, this is how I'm going to end up. I'm going to end up a servant, not a leader. Proverbs 12, 27. Does a slothful man finish the job of cooking and eating the game he brought home before hunting? Proverbs 18, 9. A lazy man who's lazy in his work is like a man who does what? How is a sluggard's soul different from the soul of a diligent man? Does a sluggard find that his life is easy? Does laziness make a person sleepy? Will a slothful person have plenty to eat? There's scriptures to go along with all these. Would a sluggard jump up from the table to go get something he needed? Would he gladly cut up meat for his little brothers and sisters? Does a sluggard keep his garden plowed? Does the sluggard work now because he knows he will need to eat later? What will the sluggard have to do at harvest time when his neighbors are gathering in their crops? Does the sluggard have what he needs? Why or why not? Do you think a righteous man would be lazy? Do you think a lazy man likes to give things to others? Does the slothful man make up excuses to keep from going to work or doing school? Do you think most people would believe his excuses? Why or why not? Does the lazy man have much understanding? Now, these, this is insights from scriptures. I'm not reading the scriptures. I'm just reading the questions at the moment. Would it be easy to work in a field of the sluggard? Why or why not? Could you grow much food in a field like the one you read about here? Does it take a lot of laziness to cause problems or only a little? Is the lazy man careful to tell the truth? Is the lazy man quick to get out of bed in the morning? Do you think the sluggard would eat his meals without wasting time? Does the slothful man realize he is being foolish? Does he have respect for wise people? Okay, now after we answer all these questions, we wrote a story, an example of slothfulness. Dean and Ricky were very sad. Trips to Granddad's farm were supposed to be fun, but today things had taken a bad turn. The evening before, the boys had come back from the pond with four nice catfish they had caught. They had put them in an old dishpan full of water outside of the well, planning to clean them after supper. But when supper was over and they were full and tired of digging worms, walking through the fields and fishing, 
They decided the fish would be just fine in the dishpan until morning. They would clean them then. But now it was morning, and the two boys stood looking down into the dishpan, which was still full of water, but no fish. They had all been taken during the night. Their father stepped out of the house and closed the screen door behind him. What's wrong, boys, he asked. We've lost our fish, Dean explained. Somebody stole them, Ricky added. Dad looked thoughtful. I think I can guess who got them, he said. Both boys looked up. Who? Who did it? They wanted to know. I'd say it was the cats. They love fish. You mean the barn cats? Ricky asked, his eyes wide. I thought cats hated water. We didn't think they'd bother fish in the pan. You're right, son, they do hate water, but they love fish so much they'll dip into a pan like that and snatch a fish out quickly with a front paw. Then they'll drag it away to the barn and eat it. Why, those rotten cats, that was a dirty trick, said Dean angrily. Maybe it's not their fault, Dad said. After all, cats don't know any better than to take fish when they see them in a pan. But you boys should have known better than to leave fish out like that. Why didn't you clean them and have Granny put them in the freezer as soon as you came back from the pond? Dean answered, well, when we got back, it was supper time, so we couldn't do it right then. And we were tired after supper, Ricky added. I'm sure you were, said Dad, but going fishing is like any other job. You need to finish it diligently, or you may find you've wasted all the time you put into it. Remember, Proverbs 12:27 says, The slothful man roasteth not that which he took in hunting. Dean picked up the dishpan and sadly dumped out the water. I guess that's true of fishing, too, he said. So that's an example to help the kids understand what it's like. Then there's application questions. What would a slothful boy's bedroom look like? How would a slothful girl go about her schoolwork? What would happen to a sluggard's paintbrushes, tools, toys, books? Then there's a whole section on the diligent person, the same idea. There's questions, there's scriptures to look up and questions to answer to help the kids understand and put it into practice. Then there's an example of diligence, another story to explain diligence so that the kids can understand what that looks like. Then more application questions. List some things a diligent man would do to make his yard neat. Name three people you know who show diligence. What are three bad things that could happen in your home if no one was diligent? <laughs> so this, these are questions to get the kids talking and thinking and engaging them and helping them to apply those scriptures. It's so easy to read over a scripture and not even think about what it said. But this is a way to engage your kids in putting this into practice, to put off the slothfulness, to put on the diligence so that they don't end up later in life like the sluggard. It's giving them wisdom. It's using the word and applying it to their heart so that their heart will change and they will learn to put off the wrong, put on the right, and think the true godly thought. Scripture is the only truth we that we have. There's so many worldly truths that are being thrown at us, messages your kids are getting. You need to bathe them in the truth of God's word. You're arming them. You're giving them an arsenal of truth so that they can learn to make wise decisions. That's our job as parents. And at the end of this little study, there's a fun quiz. Diligent slothful. He needs to learn from the ants. Which one? He will increase in wealth. He sleeps too much. He causes trouble for those who send him to do things. His plans work well. 
He's the kind of person kings want to work for them. He won't have enough to eat. He carefully watches the condition of his flocks and herds. Is this the wise man or the diligent? His fields are covered with thorns and nettles. He won't plow when he should, so he will be begging at harvest. She gets up early to start working. He doesn't think about the future. He has more than he needs, so he shares with others. She's prepared for the coming of winter. He makes excuses to stay away from work or from getting up to do schoolwork. Then there's a coloring page. The hand of the diligent shall bear rule. And here's a picture of a little girl cleaning up after her kitty cat. So this, this is what we do to help the kids apply this. We make the list for ourselves. We determine to learn the scriptures, to put into practice a plan to be more diligent, like to get the dishes done before bed. You can do that with your children too but you can start out giving them wisdom from the word. This Proverbs people, there's, we have written two of these books that use people that you see in the book of Proverbs. Slothful, diligent, wicked, righteous, liar versus faithful witness, the five fools, the prudent man, the wise man. This is people that you will meet in scripture or maybe find that you are, have a tendency toward becoming one of those things yourself and it gives them practical wisdom in putting that into practice. Now this you can have your kids do on their own or you can do it with them. You, can, you also don't have to do it in order. If you find that your kids are struggling with um, being foolish or lying, you can start there in the book instead of at the beginning. But it's things that we all struggle with and things that we need to learn and we need to put into practice putting off the negative and putting on the righteous and filling our minds with the truth of God. So I hope that you have found this helpful. This concludes our study on laziness. And I addressed it, you know, sometimes we see it in ourselves as the parents. Sometimes we see it in our kids. Remember that our kids are going to learn from us and they look to us. So if they see us learning to put off the negative and put on the positive, they will learn from that too. So if your life's not perfect, you're struggling with stuff, you're not perfect. Your kids are watching you learn and grow and apply the scriptures to your life. So we're learning together as a family. And that's what it's all about, learning to put off the wrong, put on the right, and to infiltrate our minds with the truth of God's word so that we can become more like Jesus, have more of the character of Christ in our lives. And we can help others too. Things that we struggle with, we can then help others when they're struggling with them in their lives. I hope you've enjoyed this today. We'll see you next week.